Welcome to the Roadie on the Horn podcast. This is episode 19. Today is June 19th at time of recording. My name is Ryan. As always, I'm joined by my great co-host at Donnie on the Horn on Twitter. Donnie, how are you doing today, man? Uh, I'm chilling, man. I haven't done a whole lot. Uh, today's day was going for a run, and that's about it. So, uh, you know, we're just we're just trying to get by day by day here. Yeah, I definitely feel that. Pretty much all I've been doing the last couple of weeks is just been like hanging out, working out. So, at least got that going. But yeah, obviously, I really wish that baseball was going on. Obviously, this summer, that's really what I look forward to doing, especially fantasy baseball wise. But uh, those talks have not gone super smoothly here over the last few days. Yeah, uh, I, I would say even like. I don't think smooth is the right word to even talk about. I think it's just been negative, negative, negative the entire time. It's like since we talked last week, uh, I think things have gotten worse. And I was uh, it's kind of like hard to imagine that things could have gotten worse than where we were last week at this time. But, you know, uh, I guess that's just how everything's going to go with uh, the current climate of the sports world, I guess. Yeah, no doubt. We can dive into that a little bit here with the MLB. But, uh, yeah, as you said, things have not gone very well on the MLB front. Uh, I know we've talked about that over the last couple weeks, but uh, we can kind of go over some of the details that we've learned here over the last few days. So um, obviously now that here we are at, towards the end of June, the MLB uh, would like to get their season in, obviously, but um, that kind of idea is still under, um, I guess, like to be determined, obviously, if we will even get a season, but we can go over some of the details that we found out. So Today, the MLBPA come out, came out and said that they will play no more than a 60-game season. So, um, obviously, that is of interest. The MLB did not respond to the last offer from the MLBPA um, for a proposal. But we did hear today that Rob Manfred could still implement a 50-60 to 60 game season um, for the MLB. But, obviously, we don't have anything concrete and the negotiations have not gone too smoothly um so i mean we're still in wait and see mode on that yeah i think it's turned to a point where it's more or less just both sides being petty over stupid shit that doesn't matter um especially the mlb i think the mlbpa is still in the right here as i said last week um you know it's just like at, at this point there has they have to come to some sort of agreement here uh especially before things get too much worse because let, let's say the covid issue pops back up our second wave comes in very quickly um there's a cha- not even a I'd say it's likely that the season would be canceled at that point if we had another uh, wave similar to wave one where like everywhere is getting hit hard and people are struggling to uh, stay healthy. What happens when we get to a point where we don't have an agreement yet uh, if, if it lasts a couple more weeks? Like we've seen states um, like they, they've talked about for hub cities like uh, Florida and Arizona both have just terrible, terrible uh, COVID just random bursts out of nowhere. Um, in, in the last week or so. So at this point, uh, there's more question marks than there were last week. And that's crazy to think about considering last week, there was literally nothing agreed upon at all. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely right on that. Definitely increased skepticism that we could even get a season at all. I know, Donnie, you just touched on some of the other states that have been struggling. We've talked about before how the NBA decided that Orlando will be their hub city. Um, so we'll see if that plan still goes um, through. Obviously, a lot of... Um, uneasiness uh, with the situation going on in Florida. Other related to MLB news, uh, today we heard the news that 
five Philadelphia Phillies players and three staff members tested positive for COVID. Obviously, we're going to be hearing a lot more of positive tests uh, coming out in the sports world as the testing um, gets closer and uh, there's proposals for training camps and whatnot. So that news is going to come out. It shouldn't come as much of a surprise that um, obviously people in the sports world are impacted by COVID, but um, it's going to be really interesting to see how different players respond because there's obviously not a guarantee that everybody wants to play and, and the safety of players, they could um, face grievances for, for the MLB league if, if players don't want to play and they're forced into action. So it really is just an entire mess uh, going on on the MLB front. Yeah. And it's not even just the Phillies. Like I saw the blue Jays shut down their site uh, in Florida because somebody had coronavirus there or had symptoms uh, consistent with the virus. Uh, the giants uh, also the same thing. Uh, they had, a facility in Scottsdale that was shut down after somebody had uh, symptoms. So I, I find it hard to believe that we're not going to have at least 15 or 20 teams that have one, if not more, players that have coronavirus or have symptoms. Um, obviously, these players will be, for the most part, uh, they will, will not be uh, dealing with much. They will be able to get through uh, the virus without struggling too, too heavily. But like you get to a point where it's like if everybody, every team has somebody, uh, you I can't even imagine how many people are going to have it without symptoms, um, especially because we've seen a lot of players working out together recently. Um, in the NHL, for example, there was a video released by the Tampa Bay Lightning, some players that were hanging out, and it probably turns out that I'd say the majority of them uh, involved hanging out probably have coronavirus or somebody um, close to those players had coronavirus. It just We get to the point where it's like uh, it's still as serious as you want it to take the virus as serious as we should have taken the virus it was still wasn't taken seriously enough by the majority of americans canadians and everywhere else obviously canada's doing better than we are in america but still it's like we're at such a major problem here and i can't imagine we're not going to see dozens if not hundreds of people test positive uh, at some point either having the uh having coronavirus now or having it uh, in the past yeah i think that's pretty interesting especially because like the negotiations for the MLB and the MLBPA, it's been a disaster. But even if they could somehow reach some sort of agreement, that brings up a question where if some players decide they don't want to play, well, we don't have well, we don't have a minor league system, so I'm sure they could fill the void with a roster. But say some teams start losing significant players, um, you know, let's take like the New York Yankees. If, if somehow Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, like some of the top players on their team get coronavirus, they're going to be like, hey, man, we don't even want to play at all. And I think that kind of brings up an interesting thing for um, us to talk about here, Donnie, is is it even worth it for sports to come back at all? Because there can't even seem to be positive negotiations uh, in the MLB. But even in some of the other leagues, we obviously it hasn't come back yet. There, like We've had talks of it coming back in the NBA, and we have our dates, but um, it's still far from a guarantee things to be worked out. Is necessarily sports coming back you know, in the next month or two, even the best situation um, to have, or is it best to just hold off on sports in general? What are your thoughts on that? I don't know. I think at this point, it's rational to say that we could have sports. Um, things could work fine, but it all depends on where you plan on having your uh, your league. And I think we're at a major issue. Uh, we're at a major standstill with the issue of Florida and Arizona, uh, both saying, yeah, we're, we're the hub cities. We'll, we'll be fine for this. We'll make it work. And then it turns out that that's not going to end up being the case, probably. Uh, looks like Florida is just, uh, they're about to go into a whole other rabbit hole that we haven't even, we didn't even think it would happen um, with the coronavirus issues there. And then Arizona is equally as bad. So it turns out that the cities um, and the states that are really, really hot 
uh, that we were told would be better off for these places actually turned out being uh, significantly worse, it looks like. I, I would not be happy to be going to Orlando with my family knowing they have the worst coronavirus percentage in the country and they have the most increases of any state in the country right now. And that's just uh, – it's a little bit of a scary sign considering we're not even at the at the peak of where Florida will end up being um, if they continue to just ignore the issue and keep things open. Um, but yeah, it's like uh, I think the NHL, if they end up doing their their hub cities in Canada, they have a better choice. They they have a better chance to uh, you know be able to have less issue. I think at this point that's more the, the problem is just being able to. Uh, maybe limit the the problem, limit the spread a little bit. I don't think we're gonna end up going by scot free. I think we're gonna end up with uh, there there will be teams in every league that end up having guys with the coronavirus, uh, even when things get back to normal. But yeah, you brought up a really good point. It's like, what happens if a major player, a a superstar player, gets coronavirus and can't sit out? Let's say we get to like the playoffs, the MLB playoffs or something, and somebody ends up with coronavirus. Cody Bellinger gets coronavirus. Uh, God forbid. Uh, what happens? What do you do? Do you sit out without uh, your reigning MVP, the one of the best players in the league? Do you just go by and act like you can get get through it? Um, yeah, it just it turns into everything that's gonna be happening here will be an asterisk season, regardless of where it happens, what league it is. Everything's gonna have an asterisk to it, especially if something like that happens. Yeah, I definitely agree. And like the idea of it being an asterisk, that kind of goes to my point. Like, should we even be playing sports at all? Say we get into a, a big time series or like even kind of what you were alluding to if we get in the middle of a season and significant players start having to sit out it's like we why are we even competing in these games if there's still an issue of a coronavirus and it's impacting the teams and players are getting uh infected with it you know i i think it just kind of you know we got to look at things in a bigger perspective like is playing sports necessarily still the right thing to do i think it's still a question and obviously given the fact that sports have not come back and they've still been on this hiatus um, it's still a question and it's still not a guarantee that they will. So um, obviously, well, I hope that um, it does for a personal perspective because I enjoy watching sports. I think it's really interesting that um, they obviously haven't. And then I guess I'll touch on you mentioning the uh, NHL's options. Obviously, that does give them a little bit more unique flexibility given that they could play their hub cities in Canada. Um, the NHL will decide on their hub cities next week. But uh, if they can do that in Canada, say like Vancouver and Edmonton, those I know those were two of the hub cities that they had talked about before as being potential options. Uh, obviously, we heard before that Vegas could be an option, but um, we will see if that uh, is still an option really with uh, how things are developing. But uh, it's definitely interesting. And then I'll note also in the NHL, like we were talking about the idea of star players, the NHL announced that 11 players have tested positive for COVID. Obviously, I just talked that it's going to happen People are athletes. They're humans, too. They can get affected by coronavirus, obviously. But one of the significant players was Austin Matthews, obviously one of the best players in the NHL. He tested positive for coronavirus. So, again, that brings up the idea. If Austin Matthews tests positive, is he allowed to play? Obviously, the Maple Leafs, they're going to want to play one of their best players, their captain. So um, it's really interesting, and uh, we'll have to wait and see on that front with, uh, with the NHL. Yeah, I think one more thing that we really need to consider is we haven't really done anything to stop the curve here. Uh, although New York and New Jersey were just like the worst, New York was worse than the majority of countries when they were going through their uh, their issues there. And New York and New Jersey are basically done with new coronavirus cases. They've they've limited their uh, the spread quite a lot. But our country cases as a whole have not really gone down at all. It's like we're about to hit a new high um, since April. Uh, I think we may have hit it today in terms of new daily cases. And the percentage of people testing high is kind of uh, it's kind of ridiculous. Like there's some states that are testing 10%. Um, 10% of those testing have coronavirus. It's like 
that is a lot of people. If you're testing a thousand people, that's a hundred people right there. And I know there's there are many, many more tests than a thousand going per day in the majority of these states. Um, so yeah, doing anything in America is a real issue right now, especially because we've had, uh, in terms of dealing with the virus, we've been the worst of any um, any country in the world. Basically, uh, Brazil's starting to catch up a little bit here and there, but we get to a point where it's like sports should not be the first thing on our mind. Sports should not be the second thing on our mind. Uh, I think that's what some of the NBA players have touched on as well recently. Um, there's a lot more going on in the world where sports would just add. It's a, it's a distraction that people need, but it's also a distraction that people don't really want to deal with there's some people that really really just don't want to have that taking away from the actual issues like we have the black lives matter thing was still very very important and we have coronavirus still very very prevalent uh, i think it's important to consider um maybe maybe sports just takes the goes to the back burner for a little bit obviously there's a revenue issue there which will not happen we're gonna see seasons probably but um is it the right thing to do honestly at this point maybe not yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And especially when we consider like, it would be nice, obviously, for most people to have sports as a distraction during all this time, but then we need to set those up. And then the players and everybody associated with that, then they could be at risk. So obviously, you want to make sure that uh, you're being safe on that front. So obviously, that's where some of the caution comes in. But um, it's definitely interesting. Um, I, w- I wish we had more positive news kind of to talk about. But um, really, in the last week, it, it has not been too positive. I know last week we touched a little bit about the Iowa football scandal um, or with the with the culture issues. And there have been some other programs that have come out recently um, to kind of talk about that. But um, no, it, it's definitely interesting to hear about all the different sports that, that's going on right now and uh, um, the issues at hand. But um, I don't know. Did you have any other thoughts on this, Donnie? No, I just I wish we were at a more um, consistent level of like being able to deal with these things. I think we in general... I don't have any control on anything. You don't have any control on anything. We just want to see positive news somewhere. That's that's what we're living off of right now. We're just living off of the semblance that something could happen. It doesn't look like we've got anything positive here, uh, at least on, on the restart angle for the majority of the leagues, especially the MLB. But um, the NBA is having their own issues. The NHL is going to run into problems as we go. Uh, and we're going to see um, there, there's potential for just, just terrible, terrible problems here that I don't think anybody really wants to deal with. Um, it's... I'm maybe not scared. Scared is not the right word, but I'm, I'm a little bit. Um, I'm not confident in what's going moving forward here, and that's sad because I was very confident just a week or two ago. You can go back and listen to the podcast. I was much more upbeat and uh, positive tone on what's happening. Now we're kind of at a maybe the worst standstill in terms of like what's going to happen next that we've been in since coronavirus started. Yeah, I, I think you summed that up pretty well. Don't have uh, too much more to add. Obviously, um, hopeful that we get some more positive news, but um, definitely has not uh, has not been trending that direction uh, in the, the past few days. So um, kind of unfortunate, but that's the way it goes. Uh, we do have a handful of questions as we do every single week. So thank you to everybody who asked us questions on our Twitter account. So we can kind of dive into some of those. I'll pick out the first one here. Uh, this one comes from uh, Josh J. Pause underscore as usual, regular question asker. He says, which Blue Jackets player are you picking to win Con Smythe? And which MLS player are you most excited to see in the MLS uh, when the MLS comes back? So uh, funny questions there. Which Blue Jackets player am I picking to win Con Smythe? Well, I mean, that is really interesting. I think if the Jackets did go all the way, that would be pretty insane. I think Merzlikens would have to carry him like he did kind of in the middle of the year when he just got shut out after shut out. But I'll go with Seth Jones. Uh, I'm not picking the Blue Jackets to win the Cup. But if I, if I were, 
and I was picking a Con Smythe winner, I would go with Seth Jones. So uh, I'll go with that. And then MLS player, uh, what Josh is saying here is he has a buddy who got drafted in the MLS, Patrick Seacrest. So uh, shout out to him, obviously, uh, and shout out to the MLS on the New York Red Bulls. So um, I'll give that a shout out. Donna, do you have anything to add? If not, otherwise, you can pick up the next question. Yeah, I'm going to be real with you. Not a big MLS guy here. I think it's like the lowest quality of soccer we find in terms of like the major leagues. Um, you know, it's, it's a tough time. It, I, I don't really have much uh, MLS knowledge here i watched the are, you, are you a galaxy guy donnie are you an are you an la galaxy if team? i had to pick a team yeah it, it, because of landon donovan uh funny story uh we ordered a i ordered a t-shirt or my dad ordered me a t-shirt when i was really really young when landon donovan was playing for the galaxy and we got the wrong t-shirt like he didn't order landon donovan he ordered me somebody else but it ended up a landon donovan t-shirt and it's like you know and we'll take it donovan's my first name you know it's like i, I can represent uh he's a He's obviously a good man. He's one of the few players that I would say the majority of American soccer um, or American sports fans know. Uh, I don't think American soccer is very popular. We don't have like these uh, these great players or anything. But we do have uh, Landon Donovan. He played for for some some major teams at some point. Like he played for Everton in the Premier League. I uh, played for Bayern Munich at one point. So it's like he's a he's a high level player. He's probably the highest level uh, American player we've had in uh, a while. Obviously, there's some guys like uh, Pulisic and and such now, but yeah, it's like if I had to pick a team, I guess it would be the Galaxy. But it's like I don't really watch the MLS, and I don't have any reason to. I don't have any like you can watch Premier League um, soccer, which is just so much better, so much higher quality. Uh, Premier League's also back; it just started back up uh, Wednesday, so you know that's a, that's a big win for sports fans everywhere. Yeah, I like it. I'm MLS team for me, Chicago Fire, but yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't follow it too closely, so I'll give the shout out to the NY Red Bulls there. But uh, yeah, go ahead and pick out the next one, Danny. Uh, yeah, so uh, my good friend Gary, um, he decided to more or less just try to meme. Uh, we have a friend that's a Penguins fan, and uh, he decided to say, what, what do we think about the Penguins-Hab series, and uh, is there any chance the Penguins win in more than uh, – any chance the Penguins win in general? He said Habs in three. And, you know, at this point, uh, as a Rangers fan, I'm not going to give off any type of um, – any type of positivity towards the Penguins. So I'll take the Habs in three as well with Gary. Um, I just, you know, I'm feeling like the Penguins, they got to die off some sometime. The dynasty's got to die off eventually. And then, like, we're going to take it this year. This year is the year. Carey Price is going to be uh, Carey Price of old. He's going to put up a great series. The Penguins will score two goals in three games, and they'll lose a series in the three. What do you think about the Penguins' Habs series? What are we thinking, RK? What do you got for me? I mean, that's kind of an interesting series. I feel like anytime the Habs get in there, it's kind of interesting. It's like, oh, Carey Price, maybe he could just kind of pop off right now. And the Penguins, obviously, they're, you know, they've been there before, obviously, when they won back back cups uh, in the middle of last decade. But um, it's kind of interesting. I know they had a lot of injuries last year. So uh, we'll see, obviously, if that season resumes even. But, uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm not crazy on, on a Habs in three idea. But, I mean, I guess anything to mean the Penguins. Um, not a fan base that's necessarily known for their... Uh, you know, kindness to, to others, I would say, the Penguins fan base. As I'm sure you could verify as a Rangers Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I've been to multiple Penguins-Rangers games in Pittsburgh. Uh, we've had uh, some, some abuse. There has been some abuse involved uh, from fans. You know, I show up wearing a Rangers jersey, not really worried about somebody uh, deciding to cause physical harm or anything. If they do, you know, they're getting a lawsuit. Um, but, yeah, it's like at, the, at this point I, I've had – Going to high school, especially in Pittsburgh as a Rangers fan, all those series just happened to coincide with when I was in, in high school. So it's like the Rangers and Penguins played three of the four years I was in uh, Pittsburgh for high school. So obviously we dealt with a lot of uh, 
mostly mostly just out loud comments. Some people calling me some mean names here and there. Um, but yeah, Penguins fans, I'd say are they're near the bottom of the barrel in terms of respectful and, and nice uh, fan bases in the in National Hockey League. So. Uh, any any time the Penguins lose, it's a win for me, and I I mean I can't complain if they do end up losing, especially the Habs in the first round. That would just be so funny. I mean, I, anytime you get to see the Bell Center in in postseason action, if if games are even in the Bell Center, again we have no idea, but let's just say they are. Then I mean I'll take it. Bell Center, great atmosphere. So yeah. respect to the Habs in uh in that respect. But uh yeah, thanks for that question, Gary. Yeah. Uh, do you have any other questions? I know there's one more on there that may take us a little bit uh, longer to discuss, so we could do a, a rapid fire if you're interested in that. Yeah, let's do it. I got I see that question here from at CanucksFan underscore 10. Kirk, he says, every playoff team's potential struggles and weaknesses. So yeah, Don, if you want to go through se- series by series real quick, we can kind of give All a right. rapid thoughts. Do you want to start with the Blackhawks? Yeah, let's do it. Blackhawks, Oilers, obviously Blackhawks last team in. That's the 512. Um, I've shared my thoughts on the Blackhawks before. Obviously, I was unhappy with the Robin Laner trade. That one, uh, that was a funny podcast. But um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm skeptical on the Blackhawks uh, on the defensive side of things. Obviously, they could be adding Calvin Hahn back. Um, but I still see a lot of issues with the Blackhawks. Um, I think they're pretty fortunate to be even still playing meaningful hockey, assuming it comes back. But uh, I'm, I, I think it'll be a good series. But I do think I'd give the Oilers the slight edge in that one. I just think the one-two punch of McDavid Drysaddle will be a little bit too much. Yeah, see, I think if there's one thing to worry about for the Oilers is their goaltending. Uh, you don't know what you're going to get. Uh, if they did have the strength, obviously, it's Drysaddle and McDavid and whoever else decides to uh, come along for the show and put the puck in the net, like Zach Cassians of the world. Um, yeah, the Blackhawks defense is just it's atrocious you've been saying this for a long time it's not good not, nothing nothing yeah. new here if you have listened before this is uh it's been a semi-recurring theme that we've talked about uh in terms of breaking down the series so uh that's that's a good one to start off with uh, next up in the western conference we have predators coyotes i'm thinking the predators yeah. I, I don't it depends what rene they get rene could be their biggest strength or their biggest weakness in my opinion i don't know you really have no idea what you're going to get. Uh, Pekka's obviously fallen off a little bit over the uh, um, the years. Uh, very inconsistent, especially in the playoffs. And then you go to the Coyotes. You want to talk about inconsistency. You can ask uh, ask our buddy Dan about that. There is no consistency at all. Like They had such a good stretch, got Taylor Hall, and then they turned to absolute just trash. And I don't know how it happened. That's like – I think – them adding a superstar should have been like it should have been nice should have been good for them but it's been nothing but negative uh they've really not done much with taylor hall he's kind of been underwhelming phil kessel's been underwhelming so i i'd say in that series the biggest strength and weakness is just having some consistency if you have if whoever's consistent in, uh who can put up consistency in those three to five games uh will end up winning the series uh but but then again it's like a three to five game series can you even build consistency at that point yeah, I think that's a good question. I mean, you could just be playing three games and you're done. So um, if you have bad goaltending, if Rene goes out there and, uh, you know, he's, he's running out to play the puck and they blast <laughs> one in, you know, Classic. you never know. So um, obviously the Coyotes haven't been here in a while. Predators have been in the postseason in recent years. So um, I guess there's a slight edge, I guess. I don't even know. I mean, uh, like we were saying before, it's hard to really get a total grasp. But of what we do know about these teams, I would give the slight edge to Nashville. Uh, obviously, they were a little bit better in the regular season. But um i mean really we will see we can move on here to the next series vancouver and minnesota um this one minnesota kind of came on more towards the end of the year but um vancouver obviously they've kind of had a little bit of a better year with led by elias Pettersson, and obviously uh, you have quinn hughes on defense that had a pretty nice year as well so 
Um, I would lean slightly towards Vancouver in this matchup, but um, where are your thoughts at with this series, Don? I really don't like the Wild. They give up so many goals. It's like I think, if I remember correctly, they were like the third. Uh, they had the third highest uh, goals against in the West this season, which is like shocking. Um, I think they make the playoffs as a ten seed, correct? So um, I- I'm sure they're probably the the most uh, goal allow heavy team of any of the teams in the West. Maybe in the league, I'm not sure exactly where that one stands. But um, when you have a team that just it's so inconsistent, so hit or miss, so uh, you either have to score a ton or you're going to lose games, that doesn't bode well for a playoff series, especially when you're playing a team like the Canucks that can score um, at will at, at times. You know, like guys like Pedersen, as you mentioned before, JT Miller has been a huge help. Um, they, they've built a pretty talented team there. The Va- Vancouver Canucks are a dark horse to end up winning it all here. Um, or at least having a nice run, I'd say. Uh, I don't think they're there just wow. yet, but they have. That's, a, that's like a big take, Donnie. They Vancouver have, Canucks. It's nice. It's nice having a talented roster. They're very young. You don't know what you're going to get out of them. But it's like if I had to pick one of the teams that was like a six or below seed out west, I think the Canucks are probably the team that I would go with um, in terms of being the strongest of the uh, the six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, or twelve teams. Um, do you have anything else to put on this Canucks Wild series? No, I'm with it. I think that was pretty good analysis. I do think Vancouver could be uh, kind of a sleeper, obviously. Nice young core. I thought you bring up J.T. Miller. That's a good one. He's had a really nice year. Uh, all right, so we can move on to last series in the Western Conference, Calgary-Winnipeg. Uh, I know when we were talking about this series, when uh, these uh, matchups came out, I was saying about how I'm a fan of Winnipeg. I really like their top line with Line, Wheeler, and Shifley. I think that's a pretty good unit. But obviously Winnipeg um, suffering a little bit on defense this year, not as strong as they've been in years past. Um, when they've been uh, more of a threat in the Western Conference. But uh, obviously playing Calgary, you have a Canadian matchup there. So uh, what do you think about that, Donnie? Yeah, you know, two more teams that kind of bleed goals a little bit. Uh, Obviously, Winnipeg's been better this year. Hella looks like a Vezina candidate. So I'd say in terms of strength and weaknesses, um, he's probably the strongest of of the goalies in, in the Western Conference this year. Um, I'd say that he's got a good chance to win the Vezina, although I don't think that he will win because uh, guys like Tuka Rask have just been a little bit better. But if you're taking a strength and weakness in the series, um, I think goaltending is going to end up being huge. And I think that's the Flames' biggest weakness will end up being goaltending. Uh, you don't really know what you're going to get. You don't even know who's going to play. Um, so that, that's a real little bit of question mark. Whereas Winnipeg, uh, Hellebuck has been one of the most consistently above average goaltenders this year. Um and they score a lot. It's like you have Line who's figured it out a little bit. Wheeler, Shifley. Um, I tend to think that the Jets just, they will end up having the Flames number here. This could be a quick series, even though they were both, um, I think they were within one point of each other uh, during the year. I could be mistaken on that, but I, I do believe they were very, very close. Obviously being the, uh, I think that is the 8-9 matchup, so they've got to be pretty close. Yeah, you're correct. 8-9. Calgary had a winning percentage of uh, 564, Winnipeg 563, so uh, can't get much closer than that. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I think uh, especially in a short series like this, it all breaks down uh, to goaltending, and I'd say the Flames' goaltending is a huge question mark, whereas the Jets, uh, they've had consistency, uh, even with a poor defense like you mentioned. So, you know, I I guess I I would take Winnipeg in this series just barely um, due to not having that struggle uh, in net. Uh, Let's move on to the Eastern Conference. Uh, We talked about Penguins-Canadians a little bit there. uh, we'll, we'll just touch on the weaknesses really quickly. Do you have anything, uh, any weaknesses for the Penguins or the Canadians here? Uh, weaknesses, I would say. I mean, Montreal, I kind of fear just their depth. I feel like they just have like three lines that are all the same rather than just like a super elite top line. Uh, obviously, they dealt away Kovalchuk, so 
Um, that kind of hurt them a little bit in that regard. But um, I don't know. I think the Penguins are the better team overall, obviously that being the 5-12 matchup. So um, we will see how that one plays out. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Uh, I think the Canadians only had one player over 60 points this season. Uh, obviously, it was only a 71-game season for the Habs, but still, uh, when you think about you only have one guy over 60 points, uh, I think there's only one guy over 50 points, too, Thomas Tatar. Um, it gets to be a little bit of an issue, because where are you getting the scoring from? Obviously, you have depth, but these guys don't. They're not going to produce like they would in the regular season in the playoffs. It's just a different animal. And... Um, I don't know. I think this series this series could be tight. I'm not really sold on the Penguins. Their defense is pretty poor. Um, they score a lot. Uh, goaltending may be an issue depending on if they play Murray or Jari and uh, if, if either of them can show up. Uh, I think it's very hard to determine who you're going to play as your goaltender considering you haven't had training camp. And if the season does start on time, if it does start at all, um, you won't have enough time to really get Jari or Murray uh, like deciphering who's going to be the better matchup uh, play in this one. I would assume they would go Murray, but like you really never know. It's honestly, the Penguins, I feel like they, they could pull out so many stops, so many random players could end up coming up big. It's just how it is playing with Crosby. And obviously adding guys like Jason Zucker and they have Connor Sherry back, um, they could have uh, a little bit of an edge on the depth. And But I will still go with the Habs winning in three because I don't want to see the Penguins win ever again. All right. Next series we got is your New York Rangers and the Carolina Hurricanes. Johnny, I'll let you start off though that one. Uh, the big thing that I think everybody's looked at is goaltending on both sides. Uh, I think the Hurricanes' goaltending issue is among the worst of any of the playoff teams, maybe the worst of all. Um, they don't really have a true starter there. They have Peter Mrazek, who's kind of just he's okay. Like there, there's a reason he's not in Detroit anymore. There's a reason he's not wherever else he was before he landed here. Um, and Mrazek's very inconsistent, very hit or miss. Whereas with the Rangers, they have three goaltenders who could potentially play and make a difference. Uh, I'm assuming it'll be Igor Shesyorkin. He's been the best rookie goaltender in the league by a considerable margin um, in terms of consistency. Uh, I don't know. This series, I the more I think about it, the less I'm sure what's going to happen. Uh, at, at the start, I love the matchup for the Rangers, but um, hearing the Hurricanes are going to get some guys back, Dougie Hamilton will be back. Uh, that's a little bit it throws a wrench in the uh, the old. I don't I don't know. I'm I'm very not sure what's gonna happen. I I like to say the Rangers are gonna end up winning in four or five, but uh, it, this could be the best of any of the qualifying round series. I think I think it's the most fairly matched of any of the teams, and probably the most fun of what we're gonna see. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I like this series. I think there's some good offensive defensemen in this matchup. Obviously, that's pretty much the only kind of defenseman the Rangers go after. They do not like defensive defensemen at all. It is true. So that's nice. But uh, n <laughs> you talked about Carolina's goaltending. I think that's just been something that's held them back um, really in the past, like, five, ten years. Like, ever since Cam Ward in 06, they've just had the most average goaltending. Uh, you talked about Mrazic a little bit. So um, I think that's something that could hurt Carolina at the end. But they do have a nice roster and uh, had a nice season. So we'll see how that plays out. But... Um, yeah, no, I agree with you. I think that should be definitely in a series to look at, um, to, to look forward to, obviously. So um, that kind of touched on that series. We'll move on to the next one. The other New York hockey team, the Islanders and the Florida Panthers uh, in that matchup. So uh, Florida, I think when I look at them, I think that they had Bobrovsky. Obviously, they gave him the big contract in the offseason, but uh, did not have the year one that they were necessarily hoping for. But obviously now it's pretty much like a brand new season when things come back. If Bobrovsky just kind of turns it on and um, gets that gear that he's had with the Jackets in the years past. Maybe that uh, helps Florida, obviously, 
um, in their matchup. Obviously, Barkov, Huberdeau, um, I feel like those guys always get mentioned as some of the most underrated players in the league. Mike Hoffman as well, I'll throw in there for Florida. So um, I lean slightly towards Florida in this matchup, but uh, obviously the Islanders had a better record in the regular season, so not to be slept on either. Donnie, what do you think about this matchup? Uh, I'd say... This is another very even matchup. I think the Islanders are one of the more boring hockey teams in the league, and uh, boring will not win you a Stanley Cup probably in today's hockey. I think it's too high-paced. If you can't put up multiple goals a game, you may end up running into issues, and I still don't think the Islanders are there in terms of having that elite goal scoring um, that we're looking for. I think they were among the worst of the teams in the Eastern Conference playoffs here in terms of goal scoring. Obviously, they don't allow many goals, but... Um, it gets to the point where it's like you have, I think the Islanders had 42 less goals than the Rangers did this year. And it's like, obviously the Rangers do not play defense like that. They don't trap, but it's, it's a very, very boring style of hockey. And we saw last year, uh, it only take you so far. Uh, you need to have some talent. You need to be able to, uh, outrun, run and gun some teams. And if you play slow, you're going to end up being beat if you don't have the more talented team. And I think the Islanders are among the slowest teams in the league. So, um, I don't think that bodes well for their success. Uh, I still think the series will go five. It's a rematch of a series from a couple years ago, obviously without John Tavares, who made a major difference. Um, but we'll, we'll see what happens. I think the Islanders, both of these teams have significant consistency problems as well. Uh, the Islanders had a great stretch along uh, the season, and then they turned uh, very mediocre for the for a large chunk of the year. And the Panthers, um, they're just lucky to make the playoffs at this point. I think they were they were piss poor for the majority of the year. Um Bobrovsky, uh, that's the one thing about these uh, random playoff series. Basically, anybody can step in and just absolutely hum. So it's like if you get Bobrovsky of what you're looking for, uh, like what they were uh, signing signing him for, obviously, like he was like a 920 goalie for the majority of his uh, his tenure with Columbus, especially very, very good in the playoffs as well. It's like if he turns it on, you could see a 3-0 win for the Panthers very easily with all that talent that you mentioned before with all the underrated players like Barkov and Huberto, I think. Yeah, definitely. I don't think either of these teams are going to win the Cup. I'll note that. Islanders, Panthers, I just... It, that matchup just screams, like, average hockey. Like, neither of these teams are going to be hoisting the Cup if we get there. So, um, I'll throw that out there as well. But, last series we got, it's the Leafs and the Jackets. We talked about this a little bit earlier. Each team being uh, Toronto with Austin Matthews testing positive for COVID. Obviously not optimal. And then we had our question about uh, the Jackets' consummate. So, shout out to Seth Jones. I'm going to go with the Jackets in this one. I mean, I just mentioned, like, a big negative for the Leafs and a positive for the Jackets. So, uh, I'll go with that, but obviously super even matchup here. The 8-9 matchup in the East. Both these teams had the same win percentage in the regular season. So um, should be interesting, though. Two teams that have quite a bit of talent as well. Obviously the Leafs with uh, some of their stars, but obviously with Matthews dealing with uh, COVID, we'll see obviously what that situation, how it plays out. But, Donnie, what do you think strengths and weaknesses for this matchup? Uh, in terms of strengths, the Leafs score a lot. They put up multiple goals almost every game they play, which helps a lot. Uh, weaknesses, they give up a lot of goals as well. Uh, Freddie had, uh, obviously, not the best season. I think that's been one of the main things people have talked about with the Leafs this year. It's like they've been so inconsistent goaltending-wise. Uh, couldn't find a backup either until Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell came and played six games, was fine. Um, but yeah, Freddie played a lot this year, was not great. Uh, we'll really have to see if Freddie is... Um, rested up and ready to go as he should be. You know, it's like if he's rusty at all. Um, that, that's one big thing that I fear with with certain teams. Uh, if Freddie's rusty, the Leafs rely so heavily on Frederick Anderson that it's, it's like they may rely on him more than just about any other team in the league goaltending-wise, uh, aside maybe like a Winnipeg with Hellebuck. 
Um, I think that's their biggest weakness is just having to rely too much on the goaltender. They bleed shots like crazy. Um, also, just it, it seems like their offense doesn't show up all the time. It's like you have all these talented players, but you don't always have um, those big games. They score a lot most of the time, but they also have these games where they get blanked and they look like they're absolutely foolish. Like we saw them against the Carolina Hurricanes um, playing against a backup goaltender or not an emergency goaltender uh, and not really able to do just about anything. Um, so, you know, it's like, if you run into issues like that, where a team is just outplaying you on both sides of the, both sides of the ice, what are you going to do? Uh, meanwhile, the Jackets, um, the Jackets biggest strength is actually getting players back. I feel like obviously we've talked about their injury issues for how long now, um, uh, the three or four podcasts. Now we've talked about Columbus having a major boost from having their players back. Cause it, I remember seeing, um, there was a picture on Twitter where there were like 13 different players are on the injury report before their game. It's like, that gets to a point where it's ridiculous. So if you get some health, um, you get your guys humming on the ice together. Columbus could be a dark horse. I don't, I don't see it this year, but they're very young and they still have a good amount of talent to where they could move forward and make some noise. Like we saw them beat uh, the best team in the hockey by a significant amount last year in Tampa. So really anything can happen. Um, that's one of the more fun series. I think the East is just more fun in general in terms of the matchups because I think it was much more consistently good um, middle of the pack there, whereas obviously out West we have teams like the Blackhawks and the Coyotes limping in. Uh, no offense, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's like I think the Eastern matchups are much more uh, – they could be much more uh, intriguing and interesting to watch than the Western matchups. Um, and I think you'd probably agree on that end as well. Yeah, I definitely do. I think the East is a little bit more balanced all the way throughout, but – um, yeah, it's it fun to, to look at some of these matchups. Obviously, we hope we uh, see them soon. Hopefully, the uh, NHL front, as we mentioned a little bit earlier, they should be releasing their hub cities. So um, it should be a little realistic, at least potential-wise, that if the NHL can get some of their hub cities in Canada, um, that there would be a little bit more feasible um, re- reality that the NHL could get things going, um, at least relative to some of the other leagues with uh, some of the news coming out with the NBA and MLB, as we've been talking about. So uh, definitely appreciate that question. Fun to look at some of the matchups we could be seeing here uh, in hopefully the next couple of weeks, but obviously we will see. So thanks for that question uh, again, Kirk. And then uh, last question here before we wrap up, obviously not the most news heavy podcast we've had. So definitely appreciate everybody for listening, but uh, our good buddy, Steve at Anders IEE again, he says, how was your nap? So backstory here before we started recording, Donnie and I were just kind of hanging out like deciding when we were going to record today. And we both got done. I know Donnie talked about on the top. He went for a jog today. I had a workout as well. I got back from my jog or from, from my workout. I was like, I'm going to lay down. And obviously I fell asleep. So Steve found out that news. Donnie had to wait a little bit longer. So thanks to Donnie, obviously, for being a great co-host and uh, dealing with my naps in the middle of the day because I have weird time naps now because my schedule's kind of off. I'm sleeping. I'm taking like these naps from like 7 to like 9 p.m. or just like the most like obscure times for for naps but that's what i've got because there's no sports and this is what my life has become yeah you know if i did a seven and nine nap i'd be up all night i wouldn't be able to sleep there's no chance i'd be able to get to bed that's so that's like, pretty much how it's been like I, there's been there's been plenty of nights where i've gone to bed at like four or five a.m which is probably not the greatest thing in the world but you know what like whatever there's there's not there's not baseball on so what, what am i gonna do with my life well um if you do want to watch baseball the npb is now uh, officially back they had their opening day last night the nippon professional baseball league um it's one of them another asian league 
uh, a little bit higher quality than KBO. So if you're looking to watch, uh, games are also on at more consistent hours, I believe. I do believe the games start at uh, 1 a.m. Eastern Time or uh, midnight Eastern Time, depending on what day it is. So that's a little bit of a boost for people that do want to watch baseball. Uh, you can find a stream at literally anywhere. Uh, I've been watching the KBO almost every night, although I fall asleep uh, halfway through the games because it's just like I, I'm not going to stay up until 5 in the morning to watch baseball. That's not great. And um, every once in a while, you watch the KBO, you see a good game. The majority of the games are just they're so sloppy. It's like the worst quality baseball. Uh, it's like you, what you would imagine, like a, I don't know if you ever watched like a rec league softball game or, or just like a, a work league softball game. It's like there's so many errors, so many base running mistakes. It's like it makes you kind of sick to your stomach to be a baseball fan. And this is like high quality. This is like double A baseball too. So imagine what happens in like even the lower leagues than that. Like it's got to be bad. Yeah, pretty interesting. Obviously, you get your gambling fix out of that. So respect for you, Donnie, for for making do out of out of a tough situation. Yeah, we make money, and I'm sure you know Shaq West is probably making money right now too. Uh, obviously, you know, Shaq, if you're listening, we'd love to have your take on what you think uh, is going on in the world. Uh, obviously, as a Nets fan, you know Kyrie Irving is coming out big in this situation. So, uh, Shaq, if you'd like to join us on the podcast and you know have a nice conversation with us about anything, you let us know anytime, any day. Like Rico said, he says it's till five in the morning. So, uh, you know, if you want to record at three in the morning, I'll stay up. I'll do it. I'm good with it. You just gotta let me know. Yeah, last thing I'll throw in here. Obviously, Don and I, we've been grinding some 2K online. So, check. I mean, if you ever want to squat up in 2K, if you're if you're a baller too, I mean, we we can oblige in that regard. You know, so we're we're willing we're willing to work work with the with the client here. Check. Obviously, our our potential sponsor. Yeah, you know, it's like if if you need to be paid, I can send you like six bucks. I mean, I think we could come up with like we could get you some uh some Chick Fil A or something. We could figure it out. Uh, but yeah, we would Ooh, love to have you. That sounds good. I'm telling you, it's a little bit. Uh, hold, yeah, it's a little bit late. Um. But, you know, yeah, I think it would be uh, it would be worth your while, Shaq, if you did come on and help us out. Um, but other than that, I don't think there's much more we have to talk about on the podcast this week. We will be back next week, obviously, with another uh, episode, which could end up being very interesting, considering uh, I think we've got multiple sports at a complete standstill, confusion uh, ensuing type moment right now. So we could have some good topics moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. I'm just saying literally right now, as as we speak, as we record, Joel Sherman, he's saying that the MLB is strongly considering closing all 30 spring camps in Florida and Arizona for deep cleaning. So, I mean, maybe they'll clean it and they'll get baseball back in a week. You know, you never know, but probably not. But, you know, we'll we'll stay optimistic. We'll keep grinding. So I uh, appreciate everybody for listening all the way through, uh, as always. And uh, you guys take it easy. Have a good one. And uh, peace. Peace. We shut it down. Where Checks on the streets. Saint Laurent feet, put it on toes. Take it with me, double your dose. Cover with angels, that's watching my soul. Jack out of bed, it's bigger window. Said I be the intent, but I got the info. I feel like I'm chosen. Drop, drop, drop.